Good morning, Westridge. Good to see you today, both here in person and online as we continue on our summer road trip series. And uh, what we've been looking at is uh, signs along the road to see, shows how we're traveling in our journey of following Jesus. And traveling on the road, we pass signs all the time. You know, times, signs that give us information on the fuel opportunities ahead or the food opportunities ahead. Or even signs that tell us how close we are to our destination. So the signs we've been looking at show us how we're going on, progressing on our destination of following Jesus. Now, we live in a fairly confusing time right now. Many different voices clamoring for our attention. Each voice claims to have answers for the questions that some might be asking. Other voices claim to be the authority on the issues of the day, while others blare opinions they declare are factual, even though there is some conjecture on that. Have you ever felt confused by what you're hearing? I certainly have. And there have been times while driving that I come upon a very uh, complex situation happening out in front of me. And I, uh, it usually kind of happens at an intersection. I have a picture here of a highway system in China. Can you imagine the signage for getting onto that? Okay? Imagine being a young driver in a situation like that, right? And this is what I'll tell Darla sometimes. When you see a situation happening out in front of you, you say, Man, if you were a young driver, this could be very intimidating and even overwhelming. Now, I've had my license for 46 years. Earlier this year, I had a new experience. I was driving in Lowell, Indiana after meeting with a friend of mine, and I was headed east toward one of our church plants. Now, there had been a lot of snow in northwest Indiana. They had piled up the snow along the roadsides all over the place. Uh, now, there was a, there was, I was turning left onto the main road, and there was a snow pile there. And I turned left in front of the snow pile, only to find that I had turned a little short, and I was now heading east in the westbound turn lane, which is not a good place to be. Now, there was a car that wanted to turn left. They was coming right toward me, and I went like this. It listened, and then I went like this, which says, this is the direction I'm going, so hang on just a second. So I went that direction, got into the lane I was supposed to, and I waved thank you as I drove by. Now, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'd never done that before. And so I gave myself a quick mental checkup. I said, are you okay? okay? Is everything going on? Is something happening that you should be aware of? And I wondered, am I that confused? Where I, should I even be driving right now? And I came to the conclusion, see what they had done in Northwest Indiana, they piled up the snow in the middle of the median too. So not only was there a snow pile along the side of the road, there was snow piled up in the middle of the road, and I had just seen the snow pile and turned a little early. Now, I was confused. I was confused. With so many things going on in the world around us, without a point of reference, it is very easy to get confused. And the good news is, in a confusing landscape, followers of Jesus, we do have a place we can live where truth can be found. And we're going to look at this reality in something Jesus said in John chapter 8 when he talked to us about the sign of obedience. What does Jesus have to say about Obedience. Well, let's listen to what he says in John 8. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, where do you get your truth from? I mean, I still read newspapers. I watch the news sometimes, read the news on the phone and on the, on the computer. But there's so much information out there. And with the knowledge that there is a bias to everything that is written, printed, or said, it's tough to know. Who and what to believe at times, isn't it? And as I mentioned earlier, it can be kind of confusing, which is where Jesus steps in and he says, hey, let me help here. 
When Jesus says hold to my teaching, it's a very interesting term because we're going to look more at it even next week. But the word hold to means to live in, to abide in, to connect to, to remain committed to something and holding secure. Now, I brought a couple of devices with me I used to, to hold things. I have, uh, I have the one that every guy appreciates, duct tape, right? I mean, is it going to get too much better than that, right? So duct tape's a good connector. Um, oh, how about these? 16 penny nails. Okay, if you want something to hold tight, two pieces of wood together, that'll work. That'll work. I've got a clamp. Okay, hold a clamp, it holds it tight. And then here's my favorite, which is a ratchet strap. Okay, I use these hunting, putting up tree stand stuff. In fact, I was on the I was on the timber a couple of years ago for an afternoon hunt. I couldn't find my stand. I knew where it should be. I went looking at the edge of the field. You could normally see it. I couldn't find it anywhere. I walked a little further and couldn't see. I thought, somebody has ripped off my stand. Well, I went a little further in and realized, no, nobody ripped it off because my stand was lying there against the dead tree it had been attached to. Okay, lying there on the ground, smashed to bits. And I came to a conclusion here. If we don't attach ourselves to the right thing, it doesn't matter how tightly we ratchet the strap, right? If it's the wrong thing you're attaching to, it's not going to stand. Jesus is telling his followers here, hey, you can stand strong. You can be secure, and you can find a way, you can find your way in a confusing landscape. But you need to hold on to something that's going to be stable, something that's going to last and be secure. And here's what Jesus said. That something is my teaching. Now, the signs of discipleship we've been looking at, signs that you can measure your progress against, they're simply, which we look loving, others being selfless, and now obedience. They're measuring tools. We see how well we follow. And this leads to the statement. He said, if you hold to my teaching, if you do this, you are really my disciple. That's a very telling statement there. Because Jesus is saying right here, there's a fake and there's a real. And you can tell what's real. So I brought two apples with me today. Okay? Now I've got... Two apples, can you tell me which one of these is real and which is fake? Because one's plastic. See, on the outside, they look the same. But on the inside, they're different, right? Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you're the real thing. But if you don't hold to and just say you're a follower, well... What happens? What happens if we choose to live in the reality of following Jesus? Of doing what his teaching says and being the real disciple he wants us to be. Well, Jesus shows us three different things in this passage I think are very telling. First of all, he says, if you hold to my teachings, you can know the truth. So you can be discerning about what's good and what's bad. Now, discernment is very important. We need to know what to, how we measure things that come our way. I have, a, I have a, a tape with me today. What do you use this for? Okay, tell me. You use it to measure, right? It tells the truth, right? Anything you put it up against, it'll tell you how long that thing is and what you're, what you're looking at, whether it'll fit in the space you're trying to fit it in. Jesus, wouldn't it be nice if we had something that when thoughts and ideas and other things come our way, that we can measure those things against to say, boy, is that something I want to fit in my life or not? Jesus says, hey, You've got something like that. It's my 
teachings, my teachings, my thoughts. And they've been put down in words for you. I was cutting up potatoes for a roast a couple of weeks ago. And when I cut into one of them, look what I found inside. Is that disgusting or what? Okay. Now, as I was peeling the thing, there were some signs that should have shown me what was on the inside, but it was not until I opened it all up, I said, whoa, that's bad. That's bad. Now, my question is, do you think I put that in my crock pot? Absolutely not. Okay, that doesn't go anywhere near. In fact, I took a picture of it because I wanted to preach on it, and then I threw it in the trash. Okay, okay I threw it in the trash. Now, guys, we don't want things going into our lives spiritually that are going to do damage to us. And that's why we have to have a measuring tool that will help us discern what is good and what is not good. And when we have this in our hands, we can know what to put in, what not to put in. See, when we know what God thinks, it provides stability for our lives. It helps us connect and hold tight. And we all want that. We have to attach ourselves, though, to something that's going to stand. Now, Jesus told a story about two contractors in Matthew 7. One was wise and one was foolish. The wise contractor built his house on bedrock. He put foundation, he drilled down, put foundational pillars deep in the rock, and they built a structure on top of that. It wasn't easy. It took time, but he knew he wanted what was best for his family. A foolish builder took the easier road. He didn't take time, didn't make the effort to dig down into the bedrock. He just built, his found, he just built on the sand, built on the beach, no footings, no foundation. He just built the structure there but he had a great view of the ocean. But then came the hurricane, okay? The winds blew, they beat against both homes, the rains came down, the water came up, and the house of the foolish man fell with a mighty crash because foundation matters. Foundation matters. Here's how Jesus started the story for each of these men. Here's what he said. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts him into practice like a wise man. And then he said, every one of those, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice like a foolish man. One word difference, but it made all the difference in the world. So it's one thing to know the truth. Now, the second thing we need to do is, is are we going to follow the truth? Are we going to obey what Jesus said? See, holding, holding to my teachings carries the idea of incorporating them into our lives, of, of doing what Jesus says to do. Now, when it comes to the Bible, I have a bias too. Okay? I have a bias that, that God wrote it, and God knows what's best for Lance. And so if I want to have the right outcome for Lance, it's probably best to do what God tells me to do. That's my bias. But I also know what's stable and what's not stable. And I believe God knew what he was doing when he put his words into this, word, this book here. And if he knows what's best, we need to travel his road and follow his directions. Like Darla and I have been watching a show called Crime Scene Kitchen. Dessert makers from across the country have come together to compete. Each team has two to three minutes to go through a kitchen that contains some sorts of clues so they can discover what dessert these, these major chefs made. They take these clues, they put, take them to their own kitchen, and then they try to put together the dessert they think the major chefs made. Now, every, every week there were two competitions, there was one competition which allowed them to get an extra clue. One couple, the first show, one of the teams had, some, had an extra clue from the judges. 
and told them something to add into that would make them a little closer to what the judges had made. Here's what they said. I know that's what they said, but. It's that word but that got them into trouble. Their presentation was wrong. They were dinged by the judges who asked them the question, why did you do it this way when you had an additional clue that should have told you what we were looking for? And their response was, ah. Now, I understand them completely. Because how many times have I done the same thing? I know what what the rules are, but I want to do things my own way. I have a confession. I like to drive fast. Okay? I like to drive fast. In fact, I was coming back uh, from, uh, from Northwest India one time. My oldest son is a, was a county chef, sheriff's deputy in the county where we lived. And uh, I knew he was on duty that night. So coming in late at night, I said, I called him and said, hey, how you doing? Doing fine. So where are you at? And he said, we're all over on the west side of the county. I said, well, I'm coming on the east side of the county. He said, here's what he said. Dad, feel free to speed. Okay, words that brought warmth to my heart, okay? I grew up in Southern California, okay? I learned, I learned on the freeways of Southern California how to drive, which is probably, well, anyway, that's just an excuse. Hey, I set my cruise seven miles over, okay? Is that right? The answer is no, Lance, that's not right, okay? okay? But I do, I do. Why? I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's all about me. Okay? I want to get where I want to get to faster. And I can make all the excuses I want to. I'm just keeping up with the flow of traffic and everybody else is doing it. Come on. Hey, does that make it right? No. no. See, these infractions, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, guys. It really speaks to something deeper within me. My tendency to do what I want to do, my, my desire to make things convenient for me instead of staying within design parameters. Now, here's the problem. This tendency becomes very problematic when it seeps into my journey of following Jesus. I had a friend who made some very poor moral decisions at an intersection in her life. And I went to visit her because I, I saw the, the destination that was ahead of her if she kept going down the road she was going. And so I talked to her about what was going on and, and here's what she said to me, Lance, I hear you. And, and I, I know what you're saying, but here's the word. But I think God wants me to be happy. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, I think God wants you to be obedient. He wants you to follow him. And she did what she wanted to do. We have that option. When it comes to following Jesus, what does he want? It's not about giving money. It's not about coming to church. It's not about serving him. All these are good components to follow him. But I'll tell you what Jesus wants more than anything. He wants us to hold on to his teachings. He wants us to make them an integral part of our life where they serve as guides along the road. His teachings protect. They they give us guidelines. They provide wisdom and insight. They help us know what should go in and what shouldn't go in. Remember, the wise man is the one who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. It's an indicator of someone who's holding to the truth is how well we obey. That leads to the third thing Jesus says here, because there are results, and the result of following him is freedom. Here's what he said. Then then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
Let's go back to driving for just a moment. I'm sure every person who drives here has gone by an officer running radar. Okay, now, when you do that, what do you do? What's your normal, what's your normal reaction? Now, a lot of people put the brakes on, okay? Which my son says you never want to do that. Anyway, you put the brakes on, okay? Um, when, when you go by, my stomach kind of lurches, okay? It really does. My breathing quickens. And here's what I begin to do. I look through my rearview mirror to make sure he's not pulling out after me, right? Because I'm seven miles over. Okay, I'm seven miles over. By the way, my, my son told me he always wrote tickets at 13 miles over, so I figure I'm halfway there, okay? That's my, that's my uh, well, what, never mind. <laughs> you know when I don't feel those things? I don't feel those emotions when I'm driving the speed limit. I don't even look. Some think Jesus' teachings are restrictive. Now, I don't know if you've ever had someone say to you, oh, the Bible's filled with so many do-not-dos. God just wants to cut the fun out of my life. That's not it at all. God wants to protect us. He's a father. He loves us as his children, and he wants what's best for us. When we travel in the safety of the guidelines he's put out for us, we can run with freedom. I love Psalm 119. If you ever get a chance this week, read that. It's a psalm that just talks about the love of God's word. And in verse 32, it says this, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. I just love that. See, following Jesus' teachings lets us see clearly. His light illuminates the dark trouble spots that are all around us. A couple of weeks ago, I stepped in from the, uh, the lobby into, uh, into the auditorium, and uh, it was dark in here. And, uh, it was, uh, and I just didn't wouldn't seem very well. So I stepped up into the sound booth. And I was talking to Steve up there, getting my mic ready to go and stuff. And, uh, and when I stepped down, all of a sudden, the next thing I knew, I was laying on my back on the floor back there on the ground because I'd missed a step, okay? I rolled my ankle, missed a step. My ankles roll anyway, real easy. And I was just laying there on the ground. Steve comes jumping out of the sound booth and said, are you okay, are you okay? I said, oh, yeah, I'm fine, fine. Um, nothing broken. I just rolled my ankle, okay? I missed a step because they didn't see it. Now, here's the thing. There are a lot of things in the world that could trip us up. And that's why we need the light, so we can know what those things are. We know what we can avoid as we navigate the road. You see, following Jesus gives us light. It gives us hope. I've been following the journey of a man writing an editorial in our paper at home. He's a follower of Jesus. He recently died of stage four cancer. He kind of detailed his journey on this uh, journey of, uh, of following Jesus and fighting a, a sickness that's going to take his life over the past year or so. And uh, he, he wrote a, an article about, eh, about three weeks ago called Dying in Public. And he was sharing the hope he had, both for here and for the future. He's sharing the things that Jesus had done for him through the years and how he was expecting even greater things in the future because of who he followed. He did his last article posthumously this past week. And again, it was just it was an article of hope and gratitude for what Jesus had done for him. You see what he was doing? Was holding on to the teachings because he knew the one that brought him life. So many other benefits come from holding on to the teachings of Jesus. I'm going to stop here. See, if our obedience to Jesus is a good measurement of how we're following him, the question is, what do I need to be doing? Well, I think the first thing we need to do is, is familiarize ourselves with the map that Jesus has given to us. 
My, uh, my, we have a membership at Brookfield Zoo. We love to take our grandchildren there. And they, they hand out these maps before COVID. But my, my grandson and granddaughter, they always get a map. They carry it around, look at it. My, my grandson has this thing memorized. He's 10 years old. He knows exactly where everything in the, in the zoo is because he's been there a number of times. Now, here's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to familiarize ourselves with the map he's given us. Because as we do, we'll know where to go. We'll know what to look out for. We have a map that contains wisdom, insight, directions, help for whatever we may encounter. So let's just take advantage of the gift God's given to us. I'd love to ask you to put it in your life this next week. Listen to it, read it, however you like to get the word in. Plug it in. Plug it in. Just see what God has to tell you. Secondly, my encouragement is to follow his teachings. So far, we've looked at three signs of how to measure our walk. We've looked at how we love others. We've looked at the selflessness we display and the daily obedience. What I'd like to ask you to do is do something in each one of those three areas this next week just to move the needle forward. Again, we can measure progress. We look back, we look forward, we look at where we are. Measure progress. And then last but not least, I'd encourage you to practice Measuring what you hear against what Jesus says in the Word. So many voices clamoring for our attention, right? So many opinions being, uh, being uh, expressed. Not all these voices don't have what's best for us in mind. See, when we know the truth, we can, be, we can be free to not only discern, but ignore what is not truth. See, I'm grateful we have a Father who loves us enough to give us guidance as we navigate the road ahead. And we have it right here. We have it from the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So my encouragement, let's hold to his teaching this week. Let's see what he has in store for us. Let's follow so we can navigate the road 